Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of February 16th. I'm your host, D-Swap Derek Kessinger, joined by the notes master Kevin Kovac and big shot Bob Robert Holman. Guys, Todd is under the weather, so it's officially big three time. And if Todd, when you're listening to this, we hope you get better. We need you on the show, but we're going to try to do our best. Kind of feel like LeBron James, uh, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade there, Robert. Feel like we're the big three. I like I like what you're thinking. I I, I feel it, you know. And of course, uh, we're definitely going to miss miss Todd, and hopefully he uh, gets uh, better real soon because uh, we we'll try to push on though. And obviously, I'm LeBron, and we'll go to uh, Dwayne Wade and Kevin Kovac and. Kovac, we'll get to Ricky Thornton's win here in a little bit, but the talk of the town yesterday was what the track conditions were going to be like at Volusia, and it's safe to say they got that thing dialed in. It was smooth from top to bottom, cars all over the racetrack. Yes, the dirt still looks different than we're used to seeing that dark black dirt at Volusia County, but, man, man, that racing was great. We even had Mike Marler saying if you were – Decided not to come, you better get your butt back down here because we got a racetrack to work with. Kudos to WRG. That racetrack was great last night. Yeah, they, they really did a lot of work. I mean, you could see how much work they did uh, just by looking in the infield because there was big piles of dirt that they had scraped off the racetrack, and it's all piled up like in the inside of the corners, right inside the inside wall. Uh, they were really struggling with it back, you know, all the way back in uh, – in January at the, at the Sunshine Nationals when they put the new uh, clay down that everybody saw was a, a different consistency, a different color than it had been. And it was very, very moist right off the bat. I mean, it was like saturated with water. Didn't come around at all in that uh, during those first uh, three nights of, of racing on it. And then they had a month, you know, almost a month to work on it until the Dirt Car Nationals started. And then there was more rain. Uh, apparently the track was opened up a little bit when some rain came, a little uh, – unexpectedly harder than it, than uh, than they thought and that got it wet again before they started out the, the UMP modified and World of Outlaw sprint car stuff and three nights in a row the start to their car nationals were rain, were called off I mean not all rain was just because the track was too saturated to, to really run safely and then they finally got going on that Thursday night and they still had some problems I mean the sprint car race got in still rough though and then they had to stop the modifieds because of the, you know, just in hot laps because stuff, man, it was 20 pound pieces of clods of clay flying over the, over the catch fence. So they got it all kind of, well, I think one of the big things that really helped them was that Saturday afternoon racing. They had to reschedule the 10 features for the UMP modifieds on Saturday afternoon. And that was running the sun, very bright sun. They needed something to really help clear, uh, try that, dry that track out. Uh, after scraping a lot of it off, and it seems like that's helped. I mean, the, la- the next racing, all the racing that night for the sprint cars and modifieds was was uh, much smoother. And then we get here on Monday. I mean, people were wondering if they were even going to race this weekend. All the rumors were swirling at East Bay last week uh, about like, man, they're going to cancel the whole week because they can't get the track run in. They can't. They're going to look for somewhere else to run. I mean, there's all rumors. That was much as speculation. They got going la- on uh, on Monday night, and man. Uh, we were, everyone was pretty, pretty relieved. I mean, every, I, I, you could sense a little, uh, a little trepidation as everyone, on everyone's head, on everyone's minds when they went out there, uh, when they got there to the track on Monday, they get out there and I mean, it did rubber up during the B mains, but they came out, did some more work to it. And then next thing you know, that f- the features for the wingless sprint cars and the late models, uh, it was a good surface. The guys even said 
Some guys even said awesome. Chris Madden said awesome. Mike Waller said awesome. There was little ripples that kind of like put some character in it, some guys that helped guys make passes. So there would have been a caution. It might have even uh, was a nonstop race. And without a caution, it might have even been a more interesting event. Yeah, also Chris Madden told us when he got out of the race car for his post-race, he said that was an old man's racetrack last night. So him and McDowell are very happy, even though Mac Daddy he probably prefers the roughness because of Volusia 1.0. He was unstoppable. Robert, I know you're doing live updates and stuff at home, but I swear, man, at East Bay last week, like Kovac alluded to, I mean, one week ago, we were all thinking then. I even heard rumors that they were going to move it to Golden Isles. You know how the racing world goes when they just uh, comment on these different rumors and speculations. But from your vantage point at home last night, just how awesome is it for WRG to just keep working at it, keep working at it, and not giving up and providing a great surface? Uh, you know, well, first of all, full disclosure, when – when you say last night, you're speaking about Monday night's race because, uh, you know, we record yes. this uh, on yep, Tuesday Monday afternoon. Night. So so Monday night's race is what we're talking about, the very first one uh, out of the gate. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I was I was quite impressed. I really felt like that they would have, have it together. I wasn't sure that it would come together that quickly. Uh, like Kevin alluded to, I do think that that daytime – racing and really getting uh the track packed in more where they could where they could then come back and kind of work it a little bit better a, a more traditionally as opposed to that fresh dirt and then of course with me not being on site i'm not 100 percent sure of course how much dirt they've scraped off of it i'm not sure how much of that old dirt has been removed for their sake, with all the work that they put in over the winter or this short winter break that, that they have down there, for their sake, I hope they haven't had to get rid of a lot of it. I really hope that they have been able to, to blend it a little bit. Anytime that you take fresh dirt, you put on a – people were really giving them a hard time, and, and myself included. You know, when you take fresh – especially before what we call Volusia 1.0, when you put fresh dirt on a, a, a surface – right before you have a huge event and then it goes sideways like that you're gonna get the wrath of everyone in the in in the in the industry i mean i've seen it go the other way you know i've seen billy thomas for instance down at east bay i mean i'm sorry down at east alabama i've seen them put on fresh dirt before like the national 100 and people are like oh my god what is he doing he's lost his mind and then it turned out okay, and you're like, God, man, that was a really good race. You know, that was that was pretty awesome. And so, you know, hindsight is obviously 2020, as they say. But yeah, they they caught a lot of hell there when they put that fresh dirt on there. So for their sake and for all the work that they they went through, I hope they didn't just have to go in there and scrape the surface off and kind of rethink it. I hope that they are able to blend that dirt, which is going to make it much easier to go back and and then kind of slowly add and, and work back in what they what they have taken you know what they did kind of grade off a little bit uh but yeah i you know the racing world social media 30 years ago if this situation had happened we might not have even known about it you know there there would have been some people complaining after the fact or like i can't believe that track was in that bad of a shape or whatever but we wouldn't have had all this negativity leading up to the event and all the speculation leading up to the event and people like, I'm not going back down there. And then on the flip side of that, 
when they do get a smooth surface, all you see on social media is all the pictures of the tires that were wore plumb out from that race. Social media is not all is as good as social media is and as far as promoting. You know, we have to take both sides because it's not always that good, you know, with the negativity. And and I wish people would would understand understand that. But I really feel like though that they've kudos to them for providing a good surface because as soon as I, you know, you can't tell a lot from home, but I'm watching it on my somewhat large television. I'm like, you know, that track looks pretty good. And then there are a lot of times when a car will go through a rough spot or kind of get a wheel or two off the ground, you're like, that's kind of rough right there. And then when you talk to the driver, you realize how rough it really was when you get up close to it. But from my vantage point, I thought, they did an excellent job. Now, if they can not lose, I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like down there this week, but if they improve on it and don't lose it, then I, I don't know how anybody could complain. And, and that's the one thing I noticed about Madden when he got out of his car last night, that one of the first things, uh, Monday night, one of the first things he said, you know, was how, how good the racetrack was. The, the drivers are, are the voice that, that kind of fuel our sport and they get out of their cars. And when they say they did a good job on the track, those are the guys that you kind of pay attention to and, and say, well, if the driver said that they did a good job, then they must have done a pretty good job. Yeah. And just like in dirt track racing, uh, all eyes are on Florida. So like the social media aspect, you're going to get hit even harder because everybody's paying attention to it and be racers race fans and everybody in the industry have a short-term memory so if they get good racing this entire week or the track's good and not rough everybody's going to forget about that we will get back to volusia in a second in the big win by ricky thornton jr on monday night but we gotta do the rewind button and head back to east bay because when we last left and had a show we had four more nights of east bay racing and kovac shepherd got back to his winning ways winning three in a row there had the lead there for most of the race there on Saturday night for the finale as well, but it's safe to say those guys, they got that thing back dialed in, and you could just tell that team is very confident because once you win that first one, I feel like the cat's out of the bag. There's no more pressure on that team. Yeah, they, they kind of turned it around. They started the turnaround, I guess you could say, uh, when they won at all, when uh, Shepard won at all tech. That was a, a big, big, you know, monkey off the back win. For Shepard and the Rocket team, uh, they, they went through all last year. I still can't believe it. Everybody can't believe they went through all of last speed weeks without a victory. So uh, they were they were going to be ready to go this year. And you know that, that Mark Richards had been uh, trying to figure out what to do and, and working hard in the shop. And you got a glimpse of that when when Brandon Shepard took his uh, his own family car to New Mexico for the Wild West Shootout and won twice right out of the box. Uh, you said something was different. Brandon said going to the Wild West shootout always helps him get ready for speed weeks. I mean, last year he didn't run. It was an overlap with the Volusia 1.0 and the end of a Wild West shootout. So he didn't go out to, which was Arizona last year. This year he does. He got his spring training in. Uh, he was ready to go and he was confident because he already had some wins under his belt. And he comes out roaring now. Uh, three wins in a row. Only two other drivers at East Bay have ever done that during the Winter Nationals. That was uh, an impressive achievement, and he nearly got four. I mean, it wasn't like 100% smooth sailing all the way. I mean, there was that one race there on a, on a what, Thursday night when Shepard almost gave it away uh, going through three and four and uh, 
coming down to the white flag. Man, that car just skated all the way up to the wall. Earl Pearson Jr. nearly got him on the inside, uh, which was uh, one heck of a finish, but he held on. You know, I mean, Shepard stepped on the gas at the straightaway. They pulled it off the wall, never let off till he got out of turn two. Uh, and that, that's what pulled him uh, to victory lane there. And then in that last night, oh, man, it looked like it was going to be four in a row for, for Shepard. He's leading for by, you know, almost a straightaway at some points. And, and then that lap 34 caution flag, 33, I believe it was, caution flag. Uh, he didn't get all – he went way up high for trying to get a lot of momentum on the restart. And then Devin Moran just stayed to the bottom. And East Bay is so wide. I mean, without looking for my vantage point in the in the – infield for turn four i mean derek was over there too i think in that area uh you you look at that start and you're like man i think devin might have jumped you know like you're not supposed to go to that white line and turn four but they were so spread apart you know where shepherd's all the way on the top and moran is way down on the bottom uh, it kind of gave a little different gave a weird angle you know you see it from the video up top and they were they were even going uh, you know up Shepard maybe even like a nose little pump maybe a base little bit of a nose ahead at that white line. She- uh, Moran just got a great run off the bottom and it was able to get ahead. So uh, and then everything went to hell after that for Shepard because he fell back and he got stuck in the cushion, falls falls back to twelve, and then the next one lap later in a restart he gets caught up in a wreck. So uh, not a great ending for the week for uh, for Shepard, but. A very good middle of the week when he was uh, three in a row, uh, you know, a kind of a historic uh, uh, winter nationals for, for B. Shep and the Rocket team. Yeah, Sheppy's fast, winning three in a row. It's hard to believe that he's only the third guy ever in the history of that place to win three in a row. So that's a quite the stat there. And good to see the Rocket one team back in uh, full force. I don't know if that's good for the competition, but you can tell Mark Richards and them, they think they have something for this year, especially against the top tier teams in the big events. Robert, though, the guy that's been fast all week had some bad luck there at East Bay. Get, picking up his third Speed Weeks win, Devin Moran winning that Saturday finale on that great restart and then holding off Tyler Urban. I'm telling you what, Robert, that is Dresden, Ohio South, East Bay. I have never seen so many fans at one person's car, except maybe Scott Bloomquist's at Eldora. And I could argue there was just as many there after he won that race. Donnie was uh, thrilled, and we had that emotional uh, interview with Michael Rigsby, you know, Wiley Moran, he's going to not be full-time after Speed Weeks. And that was a very emotional Devin Moran, knowing that his uh, little brother won't be there. So that was a cool, special moment. But, yeah, Devin Moran winning at East Bay. The Moran's been going there a long time. He was dialed in all week, just had some bad luck, but finally got that big breakthrough win on that Saturday night. Are you sure that that all of those people in Devin's uh, pit area were not family? Because oh, you know, the funny Donnie... part was Robert. The funny part was Robert Wiley was after the races. I was next to him, like, dang, this is awesome. He's like, well, half of them are family swab, and he starts counting grandma, uncle, cousin. So that was pretty funny too. So they might have been mostly family, but it was still very special and cool to see. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Donnie doesn't Donnie have about eighteen kids? I think you know I've seen Victory Lane's photos of like you know Eldora and stuff, and with the Devon and all the you know, siblings and stuff. I know that he, I think Donnie had to win that million uh, just to continue grocery shopping at that point, uh, you know, back, back in the day, I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, it was a, it was a great scene, you know, there for, for Devin to kind of get back on track and win the finale uh, for sure. And especially winning that finale. And I think that that's one thing that makes it 
so maybe emotional for for Devin was that they did win the East Bay finale with with Wiley there. Had they run second or third or fourth, you know, he still might have broken the news, but I'm not a hundred percent sure he would have been as emotional. But you know, when when you win, when you kind of leave East Bay on Saturday as the the final, the finale winner, regardless of if Brandon Shepard won three or not, and clearly throughout the week, uh, Brandon Shepard was the best driver and had the best car at East Bay. There's, there's to me, there's no doubt about that. And I like to, Suave, I like to think that I, I took, I'm going to take a little credit for that because I suggested, I didn't actually suggest it, I predicted it, that uh, the Longhorn cars would win four races down there and Rockets would win two. And that prediction was, well, it just, it sucked. So uh, based on that prediction, I like to think that uh, the Rocket camp said, hey, this guy, is, as he's only picked us to win Rocket, the whole, the whole Rocket brigade to only win two races this whole week. We're going to show him. And uh, they, they went to work. And they really came out and, and kicked ass is what they did. Uh, Shepard and them were, were really good. But you knew that it wouldn't, you know, Devin has been the best uh, Longhorn car all season from the beginning of this last six weeks. So you knew it wouldn't take them long to kind of figure out if they're that good to begin with. They just kind of tweak a little bit and finally find what they needed to find. And so – so when you come out and you win the finale, after you've kind of gotten smacked around a little bit throughout the week, it's a great, great feeling. And then to have all the family surrounded, surrounding you there, it, it is very emotional, you know. And and again, like I said, and I think in the fast talk, of all the things that I watched throughout the week, it's the one thing that I grabbed my phone and and told my daughter, I'm like, hey watch this you need to see this this is this is must see video right here and uh and it's just it was it's very fresh and it's 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 very nice to see that side of our sport uh and and especially from such a a young guy who who has such a, a great future ahead of him it's really great to see that side of of a driver i think that was a uh, uh, very refreshing for all the fans to see very quickly, Robert, uh, I just wanted to ask you, have you ever seen a track switch so quick like East Bay? Because it seemed like on those restarts, the one prior to when Devin took the lead, the top was the choice to go. Then that all of a sudden, that second restart, all the guys in the bottom got a good good, uh, good jump and all the guys on top went backwards. Have you ever seen a track just really quickly switch that much, that quick? Well, probably not. You know, the drivers will tell you that East Bay will change w w within – will change two or three times maybe in a 12-lap period. You know, it goes through this progression. And I think looking back, uh, Tanner English, if I can remember, is the one that said that he noticed the rubber first and he found it maybe a little bit quicker than everybody else and was able to pass like six cars on one of those restarts. So that, that's, that plays a huge factor. You know, like, for instance, when my brother is out there racing, we're just trying to get through laps, you know, and trying to trying to run good, consistent laps. I don't really, I'm not 100% sure if trying to find the best place on the racetrack is always going through his mind, you know. 
I think just trying to be consistent for us is, is the biggest thing. But these professionals, they're they're looking, they're they're looking for the quickest way around the track at this moment and the quickest way around the track on the next lap. And like I said, I think English is the one who said he found it, kind of found it before a lot of other guys. And that's another thing on those restarts. The only way to keep drivers from fanning out like that and from being so far apart, like Kevin has said, is to put a cone way up in the middle of the racetrack. That's the only way to keep them and and make sure you have to be above that cone before. But that kind of penalizes the driver on the bottom also when if the track is is changing towards their favor so there's really not a great way to keep those drivers side by side like door to door uh where you can't drive like a mac truck through them uh to start that race without doing something like that and i don't see them doing that anytime soon because you're penalizing somebody all the time you do that plus it's not all that safe for that poor guy who's got to drag that cone off the track but uh but you know, it's, uh, but yeah, you know, like you said, that track changes probably quicker lap to lap than, than any track that I've, that I've seen, any track that I've been to for sure. Yeah. It's something I just hardly ever see at a dirt track, especially that quick. East Bay has that mystique magic. It's only got two more years left. So we got 12 races at the clay by the bay. So moving on, Ricky Thornton Jr. wins on Monday night. Big time win. Kovac told me before the interview, this is back-to-back years where Ricky Thornton's first win came at speed weeks at, you know, tracks he's never won at in a super late model. And it got me thinking for a topic today, just how important is up-and-coming drivers winning at speed weeks? All eyes are on Florida and Georgia. I feel like it just bolsters their career, bolsters their season. They can kind of carry that momentum for, you know, three or four months if they don't get another win. And Kovac... Do you, do you kind of agree with that? Obviously, when Brandon Overton and Shepard wins, it's like, eh, they're going to win everywhere. But when a guy like Ricky Thornton Jr. wins on Monday night and even Devin Moraine on Saturday, it kind of like, you know, brings up their uh, realm a little bit, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, Speed Weeks, all eyes are on it every year. It's the, uh, the, the entrenched uh, stretch of racing. It's longer than ever. We keep talking about that. but So maybe that, but, you know, it, it gives you more opportunities to win it. Because, uh, like, look back. I mean, Devin Moran's father, Don, he's a Hall of Famer, but he never he never had a three-win speed weeks like Devin has had this year. But Donnie also didn't have quite as many races in, in most of the seasons. It was more, uh, you know, a, a two-week stretch most of the time that he'd be down in Florida or, or Georgia also. But uh, when, you, when you look at, like, some of the guys that have won, I mean, when you look at Ricky Thornton Jr., last year, I mean, he's a great open-wheel modified driver, superstar in that division. Uh, and he'd been, you know, he's dabbled in late models over the years. And he's always, you know, you could tell that he'd be good if he focused on them. Last year was his first year focusing fully on late model, on the late model. And he ran Luke Soul Series. And he comes right down to Speed Weeks, his first time at Speed Weeks with the late model and won at Ocala. He, he, he kind of, you know, he was just kind of middling at, at, uh, at East Bay before he went to Ocala. But you could see he was getting better every day. And then he goes to Ocala, gets a win. And, and I think that shows how good that driver is. I mean, if a guy could come to Florida uh, Speed Weeks and win his first time ever, there, there might be something special about him. I think he's proven that again this year with another win at a different track at Volusia. Uh, he's never been uh, he's never been in victory lane at. 
Uh, Devin Moran winning three, that puts him to another level. I think, you know, you don't, there's not many drivers that, that win that many races during speed weeks, uh, other than the top tier ones. So he goes up to another level. And, and, and then you even look at like, uh, maybe a, a stormy Scott last year, he won his first Lucas oil series race period. Oh yeah. He won that at, at East Bay last year. Uh, he didn't win again all year other than, uh, I think a preliminary race at, uh, at, at, the pre, at the PDC at Fairbury in July. So, but that one win at, at, at East Bay kind of carried him for, you know, gave him a, you know, you, you knew Stormy Scott a little bit more, gave him a little more cachet, I guess, because he pulled off a win during speed weeks. Everybody remembers that. It's a little different than if he would have just like, say, went to somewhere, went to uh, Tri-City in, in Illinois uh, in, the, in May or something and picked up a win. He, he, he got a little, uh, he got a big boost with his first one. And uh, if, if somebody else comes up this year, I mean, there's still some, you know, we've got five more races uh, from when we're speaking now at, at Volusia. If another new guy uh, is able to win, it wouldn't be surprising. And it would, I, I know it would, uh, it would give their career a boost. Uh, it, all, it always seems like it does. There's, there's very few uh, times that a guy wins at Speed Weeks. It's the breakthrough through at Speed Weeks. And, and then you never hear from him again. That's for sure. Uh, so we'll, I'll be looking. I mean, it's it's always a neat story too when a, when a guy wins for the first time uh, in Florida. Yeah, and I was gonna bring up Stormy Scott and give it to Robert here. He wins at Speed Weeks, and you can argue even what happens in our top twenty five voting, you kind of keep that guy around there even though he doesn't win, just because everybody remembers that winning at East Bay. And Robert, is it kind of a uh, can sometimes winning that early? kind of hurt you later on this season because you win right out of the gate. Maybe you go on like a four or five month losing streak and it kind of can play against you a little bit, can it? You know, I, I don't really think it can hurt you. Winning can never hurt you. Let's let's throw that out yes, on the table true. for starters. It, that's for sure winning can never hurt. Uh, but what it winning at Speed Weeks, there are a lot of eyes on you. So it raises the bar, it raises the expectations, and sometimes that can get in your head. But you've got to – all the drivers I've talked to over the years have said you take speed weeks, win or lose, with a grain of salt and move on to the rest of your season because the tracks are very different from what you will compete on throughout the rest of the year. So your your notes don't necessarily you know, carry over until the next year, of course, and then sometimes they don't even carry over then. But your notes don't really carry over, and, and so – you can't get too high with a speed weeks win and you can't get too low by ru- not running well. The biggest thing about speed weeks, like I said, is just there are a lot of eyes on you. And especially now going back to social media, a lot of people are really focused on it. So it it makes you a household name within our industry, of course. It makes you a household name right first month of the season. You know, like, hey, if you what about this guy? You know, he he picked up a win in Florida, you know. And and to, to that thought, look back, you know, I was kind of digging through some notes here. You know, 2010, Brady Smith wins at Volusia. Uh, Austin Hubbard, you know, wins at Golden Isles. I think, is that the year that he takes his driver's suit off and runs he, down the straightaway maybe? It, so He took everything you know, but his panties off, so. There you go. I mean, so when when Austin when a guy does that, it's obviously pretty pretty special. Winning it that right there, it tells you how how special it is to win it to win it at Speed Weeks is when a guy gets you know naked going down the, the front stretch. Um, and come back the next year, uh, two thousand eleven, uh, Brad Neat wins at East Bay. So so these Florida races, and then let's go 
could we possibly have a 2014? You know, wouldn't that be awesome? Where at Volusia you had Avenant Lloyd, Kenny Pettyjohn, Casey Roberts, Kyle Bronson picks up a win. You know, that was, what, eight years ago that Bronson won at Volusia, and then, of course, Bloomquist wins. But still, you have those four drivers who you would not have picked right out the gate, and they win. Could we have had? Could we have one of those? That would be a great, great way to wrap up Speed Weeks is to have a kind of a repeat of 2014. So uh, I think that winning in Florida puts a lot of eyes on you right away and raises the bar, but uh, there's never – I don't know if there's ever anything bad about winning, regardless of where it's at. Yeah, Robert, I was going to ask Kovac 2014. That was like the one years I remember Volusia the most because just all those different winners and Kenny Pettyjohn. I'm like, who the heck's this guy up from the Northeast? I haven't really watched the race. He comes out in Florida and beats the best guys. And then Ivan and Lloyd, home state win. Kyle Bronson doing donuts. That will definitely be one of the years I always remember Volusia. That was a pretty good year, wasn't it, Kovac? Yeah, that one that would be my last year not covering it for uh for Dirt on Dirt. It was right after that I began at Dirt on Dirt, that's Speed Weeks. So, so uh I kind of remember that one very well. Uh and it is it was, that was a great storyline every every night. You weren't searching for something uh uh to write different about a guy that's won five of them or something, you know, like, or the years that like Shane Clanton almost swept uh the winner I mean the Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia or 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 Jimmy Owens got on a hot streak at, at, at Volusia. You know, those those, uh, those kind of make it more difficult to find that, you know, interesting, unique story. But not when uh, it's guys that are winning for the first time at Speed Weeks like that. Uh, really, there was, a, I mean, that was just, man, that was a cornucopia, I guess, of, uh, of stories for us uh, reporters uh, uh, that year. Really neat to remember. And uh, it would be nice to have that. We, I mean, it's, it's a possibility. You could have all, maybe... After our first one-time winner at Volusia in in uh, Ricky Thornton, you know we had the chance to get some more. Uh, it would be a be a nice uh, way to end Speed Weeks, uh, that's for sure. Yeah, and before we get to one more thing, this thing will air Wednesday, so we won't really have much uh, to talk about on Tuesday of the racing. You got any bold predictions before we get to one more thing, Robert? What's a bold prediction? I want to hear it from you, buddy. A bold prediction. Um... I'm going to to say that there's only going to be one repeat winner uh the the rest of rest of the way. And that kind of that kind of lets us think about what happened overnight Tuesday going into Wednesday when when we will air our uh award-winning broadcast here and and kind of kind of let that all soak in. Only one repeat. We're not sure how bold that is actually, but only one repeat winner the rest of the way. I like it. And on Monday night in the drive home, I'm going to one-up you. I'm, I said that there's going to be six different winners. So we're going to see six drivers wheeling it to victory lane. I just think how the racetrack is. Uh, there's a lot of guys, especially if it stays like this, there's a lot of guys that's their cup of tea. So I think we're going to get a few different uh, race winners. So I'm going to go six different ones. Plus, I like the parody. Let's finish, let's finish Speed Weeks with a whole bunch of different winners. Kovac, what's your bold prediction? Man, let me think. I gotta get a bold prediction. How about just just I'm just partic- uh, picking one particular winner. I'm gonna go bold here and say Tyler Brunig wins his first, uh, Ooh, you know, big event, like national it. touring event uh, this week. Maybe he would. I mean, we're talking about this on Wednesday. Maybe he could win that the dirt car na- dirt car uh, sanction race on Tuesday that we uh, that that we're uh, talking about. Like we're talking before happens. But uh, if not, I mean, I don't know. I just have a you know I. I 
he's been looking good. He had a good run on Monday night. He looked uh, he finished right ahead. And I think he could have been a top five car if he would have got a couple breaks right. Uh, he's he's knocking on the door, and I think one of these days uh, it's uh, it's going to open up for him. And, and man, well, no better time than it would be than than uh, the final week of Speed Weeks at Volusia. Yeah, and on Monday night, he was duking it out with Brandon Shepard for at least 20 to 25 laps there. They were going back and forth. So, yeah, TB's a, definitely an improved driver here. So, let's see if he can get the job done. Kovac, if he does win, then I will buy you some ice cream at the Wawa for your gift of getting that bull prediction right. Robert, I'll buy you – let's see here. I'll buy you a Ponderosa Steakhouse next time. We're on the road together for Summer Nationals if they get that big win. So, I like our bull predictions <laughs> there. That's a little hard to find, though, those Ponderosas, Derek. I mean, there are not too many of them around, are there? Vandalia, Derek, Illinois. We got one dialed in, don't yeah, we, Robert? That's exactly right. right. Derek Derek, and I have our, our Ponderosa spot for sure during, during – Where's, uh, uh, Where's the Ponderosa? In Vandalia, Illinois. Off right, the interstate there, there in right. uh, Illinois. So I'll meet you there. Let's go, Tyler Bruning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect there. All right, guys. As always, we always end the show on one – more things. So, Robert, we'll let you go first. I'm feeling sporty today. I'll let you lead off. Well, thank you very much. And and one thing that uh, – I, can I say, like, I have this one thing I wanted to kind of mention, but then I also want to throw out there. So, I'm going to say something for Todd since he's not, not here. Todd's one more thing is don't forget that there are a couple of regional races. we got a, a race at 411 and a, a race at Duck River this Saturday and Sunday. And uh, if a driver wins both of those, he picks up a $1,000 bonus. So that's Todd's one more thing. I'm sure that's exactly what he would have said had he been here. Uh, so uh, my my one more thing is uh, going back to the social media thing. Uh, I'm one of the biggest people. Actually, my wife is one of the, the biggest critiques of announcers while we're watching a race at, here at home. And, and uh She's very, very critical of that. She's not listening, so I can throw her under the bus. She's very, very critical of announcers, and uh, and sometimes I am too. And each announcer that we listen to, whether it be, uh, you know, Ben and and his alter ego uh, Dustin Jarrett, uh, that's Ben Shelton and his alter ego Dustin Jarrett, or uh, Rick Eshelman or Ruben or or James Essex, whoever it is, they all have their good points. They all have things that we love about them, and then at the same time. You can sit here and nitpick and say, oh, I wish they would do this different. But back to the social media thing, you see a lot of criticisms. And I wish that people wouldn't criticize them so much because a lot of times you don't really, if you don't understand what's going on in the background, you just shouldn't even talk about it, really. And uh, to that point, a lot of times when an announcer is calling something that they see out the window and it's not necessarily on your television screen or on your computer screen. It's not the announcer's fault. It's the person who's sitting in the production truck's fault sometimes because they're all, they're not always in sync. So I was just going to, my one more thing is give these announcers who for the most part all do a, a pretty darn good job. Just cut them some slack because uh, it's not, it's not that easy sitting there, especially on a short track, uh, uh, getting these, calling these races and stuff. So I don't know. That's that's just, just something I came across on social last night, and I'm like, hey, cut them some slack, you know, because it's really kind of tough, and, and there's not a lot that they can do when the production truck is determining what you see on your screen. 
the announcers certainly don't determine what's on your screen. It's it's the production truck. So right stuff towards turn then because he's production. So start messing with turn and uh, DMAC for that kind of stuff. Come on, guys. Be nice to the announcers. They're working their butt offs. Obviously, the production people, they're working their asses off too. They're bringing the show to you. So if you want to complain and see real racing, get to the racetrack. So that's all I've got to say about that. My one my one more thing is simple. We started off Speed Weeks with Dale McDowell winning. That's in a Bloomquist car. Since then, a Rocket or a Longhorn have won 13 races in a row. So are we going to see another chassis brand get the W here? We needed somebody to join the party here. It's been a complete domination by those two chassis. But with Kovac's prediction, we would see a capital win. So maybe, just maybe. But I thought that was a cool stat. I was just counting it up here. 13 straight wins by those two top-tier chassis. Let's see if somebody else can join the party. we still got four more nights of racing. And obviously, depending on what happened on Tuesday night, maybe when this airs, it could, the streak could be over. But I don't think so. Those two uh, chassis are ahead of their game, but you never know. Maybe Bruni can win that. So that's my one more thing. Kovac, what you got? Uh, well, just send out a condolences to the family of uh, Leon Ramirez, the car owner for Jimmy Owens. A uh, great friend of Jimmy Owens since he's been uh, driving for him. Uh, Jimmy left uh, East Bay the middle of last week and missed the one show uh, to go see, to fly out to Oklahoma to see Leon, who, who was ailing and was at home. Um, and then on this weekend, he passed away. Uh, kind of a hard one for him. I mean, I know like, uh, Jimmy Owens, is he's not at Volusia uh, this week. And and that's, you know, probably might, might be one of the reasons why they're also because he's uh, his thoughts were with uh, – with his owner, so the family to, to family of Ramirez. I mean, a big racing guy, big sponsor of racing for a for a while, and obviously has a big team there with Jimmy Owens and also his son running uh, Derek running the modified and USMTS stuff. Uh, so um, again, condolences to them. Yeah, we're thinking of you guys listening home. Jimmy Owens is obviously a staple. That sponsor's been on that for a long, long time. It seems like and uh, big hit in the dirt late model world as well as dirt track world. Like you said, his son racing. Uh, modifieds out there so we're thinking about them and uh just wish nothing nothing but the best for those for them and the family uh well guys uh finally in the show here we have four more nights of Volusia, and people listening at home please take a look at the articles they're doing a great job robert i'll give you some credit kovac i'll give you some credit you guys are doing phenomenal getting all the news and nuggets getting those uh race stories up and adam robert been doing great jobs on the blog so Go check those out. Obviously, we got the video and full content of interviews. One lap, one beer. We're doing another one at Volusia. Going to do it Thursday, so I'm not going to spoil who we're going to do, but it should be a good one. So just check out all the Georgia Florida Speed Weeks at our website, dirtondirt.com. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the show. Enjoy your week. Have a good time.